Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Babel on Talmud. Today we're studying Daf Samach Gimel of Masechta Shabbos. Mm, yeah, uh, how to explain this Daf? Well, at the beginning we get into um, the Machlokas about what exactly Olam Haba will be like. Olam Haba as in like the days of Mashiach. And then we start getting into a whole bunch of Agadatas um, about like learning Torah and things like that. And then we get back into our Mishnah to just kind of finish up a little bit about the clothing that we wear. Um, and yeah, that's like high level picture. Um, so let's just, with that intro, let's just jump in. So we are in Daf Samach Gimel Amud Aleph at the Mishnah, about six lines from the top. Lo ishlo Interesting, right? A person, a man, what about a woman? Can a woman go out with these things? I assume not. Um, a, a man cannot go out with a um, sword, with a bow, with a shield, with a club, or with a spear. Interesting, right? And if he does go out with these things, so then he's got to bring a Corbin Chatas. Rabbi Ezra says, no, it's no problem. These are adornments. Having a nice geshmaka sword is a nice adornment and he can go out with it. The Chacham say to Rabbi Ezra, what are you talking about? It's an adornment. It's a bizayon. It's a disgrace that he should have to go out with a sword. Shanamar, as it says in the future, right, that when Mashiach comes, Vichitsucharbosam leitim. That they're going to, um, you know, break their swords into plowshares, vachanisoseim lemazmeros, and they're going to, um, um, they're going to um, break their their spears into tools for 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 pruning their their vineyards. No nation will raise a sword against its fellow nation. And they will not have to learn anymore about uh, how to wage war. So Rabbi Yezer is saying that these weapons are beautiful ornaments, while the Chacham is saying, what do you mean they're beautiful? Like, you know, if they were so beautiful, then how come in the future they're, they're going to be gone and we're not going to need them anymore? These are, these are tools of war. War is not beautiful and one day it will go away. Biris, Torah, Vyotzin, Bab, Shabbos, a garter, as we referenced the other day, a garter which is... Uh, some kind of clothing that a woman wears to hold up her stockings. <clears throat> so that is Tahora. Uh, it's not Makabotumah Vyotsam Babu Shabbos, and she's allowed to go out with it on Shabbos because they're not concerned that she's going to show it to her friends. Kvalim Tmeim Vyotsam Babu Shabbos. The Gemara is going to explain what Kvalim are, uh, but they are Makabotumah, and you do not go out with them on Shabbos. Says the Gemara, My Allah, Kulpa. What is an Allah? It is a club. Don't go out with a nice fancy club. On Shabbos. Rabbi Eliezer says, what do you mean? Why can't I go out with any of these things? They're beautiful. They're adornments. Tanya, we learn in Ebraisa. Hey, Rabbi Eliezer, if these things are so beautiful, these swords and bows and shields, then why are we going to get rid of them during the days of Mashiach where it says that we're going to break our uh, swords into plowshares and nobody's going to be fighting with each other. 
If these things were so beautiful, then wouldn't they exist also during the days of Mashiach? Why are we breaking them into plowshares? Amilayan, so Rebidez said to them, well, because well, Lamaisa, we're not going to need them anymore. That's why we're going to break them into plowshares, because you're not going to need it anymore. Shinamar, as the Pasuk says, that no nation is going to raise a sword against, against the other, so what do you need swords for anymore? So you may as well make it into a plow. They said, yeah, but if it's so beautiful, then why can't it be beautiful even if you don't need it? So Amarabai, Sabai explains, Well, just like a candle in the light, in the afternoon, right? A candle at night can be beautiful. candle in the afternoon is pointless. Therefore, um, a, a sword, you know, nowadays when we have use for swords, and swords, um, you know, have a purpose, because uh, people are fighting, so you can there, you can have a beautiful ornamental sword, but in a future where there will be peace and there won't be any fighting, well then swords are, are really just really just become pointless, right? Um, and that is that. And therefore, Rabbi Ezra says, look, nowadays um, the, these 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 um, weapons are can be beautiful, can be ornamental. However in, the fu- however, in the future, they will be pointless and therefore they wouldn't be um, ornamental anymore. And now this perspective towards the days of Mashiach, that no nation will raise a sword against the other nation, that argues with Shmuel's perspective on Olam Haba and Mimosa Mashiach. The Amr Shmuel, that Shmuel said, There is no difference between the world as we know it today and the world that will be during the days of Mashiach. will be the exact same world. There will still be wars. There will still be, you know, fighting and things like that. Uh, the only difference is Shibud Malchios. That whereas nowadays, you know, Israel is a small fish in a big pond, right? And I guess our influence in global politics is limited. In the future, we will have a much larger say in global politics. Um, however, aside from that, um, it will really be a very similar world as we know it today. Shinamar, the Pasuk says, Right, that the Abishter says that I will never uh, neglect a destitute person from the land, implying I will never ever neglect a destitute person from the land, even during the days of Mashiach. Well, are there going to be destitute people during the days of Mashiach? I thought it's going to be this perfect utopian existence. Shmuel says, no, it won't be this perfect utopian existence. There are still going to be destitute people. And guess what? There are still going to be wars. Okay. What does he do with like the whole thing about uh, uh, like, you know, the grind up the plow, the swords to plowshares? That's probably like, you know, Olamaba. That's probably like, uh, I don't know if that's like Ganeiden or Heaven or I don't know. I don't know all the different da- Nafkaminas, but something like that. I think we'll see something similar in a second. Now, Now, while this perspective of Yumosa Mashiach being this like utopia, um, while that argues on, on, on Shmuel, it is in line with Rebchia Bar Abba's perspective. That all of these, um, uh, uh, prophecies, such as the prophecy that we've been discussing, that no nation will fight against each other and you'll be able to break your, 
uh, swords into plowshares, that is in fact talking about Yimosa Mashiach. Avala Olam Abba, but Olam Haba, which is like one step further than Yimosa Mashiach. So again, I don't know if it's like Gan Eden or, or I don't know. Nobody has ever seen anything done by any other God as spectacular as will be in um, Olam Haba. Okay, very cool. Now, there are those who explain the uh, dialogue between the Chachamim and Rabbi Eliezer in the following way. The Chachamim said to Rabbi Eliezer, No, if these weapons are so fancy, well, then why are they no longer going to exist during the days of Mashiach? As it says, right, and right, you'll make them into plowshares. So no. So, so Rabbi Lezer says to them, what are you talking about? They're not going to exist during the Moshe Mashiach. Of course they're going to exist during the Moshe Mashiach. After the Moshe Mashiach, even during the days of Mashiach, you're still going to have uh, swords. And they're still going to be fighting. And Hainun de Shmuel. And that's exactly in line with Shmuel. It says that there's no nafkamina between Olam Haze and Moshe Mashiach, except for Shibud Malchios. Ufliged And this perspective would argue on Rabbi Baraba, who says that during the days of Mashiach, Right, that is when, right, that is when we're going to experience all those amazing prophecies of peace that the, that the prophets prophesied. So Abai said to Ravdimi, some takas say that he said to Ravavia, now check this out. Some takas say it wasn't Abai doing the saying, it was Rav Yosef saying to Ravdimi, and some say he said to Ravavia. Some say it was actually Abai said directly to Rav Yosef. Alright, so somebody said something to somebody else. My time to Rabbi Eliezer. How come Rabbi Eliezer is so insistent that like a sword is a beautiful thing? So the Amr right, that he says that all these things are, are, are adornments. So the answer is Dikhsev, as the Pazak says, Chagor Yarech Gibor, right? Oh mighty one, gird your sword on your on your hip. Hold Khavadarecha, it is your like splendor. There you go. So we see that your sword is your splendor. It says Ravuna, but uh, there's a note that changed it to Ravina. All right. I think it makes sense. So Rav Kahana said to my brother Ravina, He says, what do you mean? But this Pasuk is talking about Divrei Torah, right? Right? It's saying, right? What it's saying is that you should always review all of your learning so that it is readily available, just like your sword is readily available on your hip, that if you, know, if you need it, you can grab it quickly. So too, you should always be studying your Torah and learning Torah so that if ever you need to reference it, it'll be like on the tip of your tongue. And that will be your splendor. So why are we saying that this is talking about, like, why are we understanding this literally to be saying that a sword is a beautiful thing? No, it's talking about Tivrei Torah. So Amale, so Rav, uh, Marbe de Ravina responded to Rav Kahana, Ein mikra yose mide pshuto. Uh, Marbe de Ravina said, yes, you know, what you're saying is true. That is a good drasha. Um, and it's very beautiful to say that it's talking about Divrei Torah and that you should always do Chazara and always be reviewing. That's really, I mean, that, that's, I mean, it's great. It's true. It's awesome. Shivan Padma Torah. There's 70 ways to learn Torah. However, you can't forget about the Pshat. Ein Mikra Yotze Mide Pshuto. Right? No verse can ever, you know, you can never neglect its simple explanation. And the simple explanation is that, you know, have your sword on your hip 
it will be splendorous, and that is how Rabbi Eliezer learns it. Armor of Kahana, and now says of Kahana, after uh, after Marbury Dervina responded to him about you know making sure not to forget about the simple explanation of the pasuk, Karavina Bartamne Shnin Le Tamuda. When I, right, so Avkana says, look, when I was 18 years old, I had already learned all of Shas. And this Indian, you know, this wake up call, this reminder of like, hey, one second, you're getting a little carried away here. Like, yeah, you just said an amazing Jirasha, but don't forget about the basics. Don't forget about, you know, just understanding the Pasuk literally, right? So even after I learned through all of Shas, Right, Amamish went through all of Shas. I was a big Talmud Chacham, and still this Indian of like the basics of Ein Mikor Yotzei Midei Pshuto, I, I I was not aware of. My Kamash Malon, what what new? So what's Rav Kana telling us? The Ligmar Inish Vader Lizbar that he was telling, teaching us about a perspective to how to approach learning Torah. That first you should learn through everything once, and then learn it again and start going into 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 depth and and really getting into it. So meaning, you know, on the one end you might say, how could it possibly be that he learned through all of Shas? And he still didn't know something so simple as en But it could be because it's teaching us a perspective towards learning, which is to first just cover a lot of ground and get through everything, um, you know, a first time. And then go back and fill in all the details and, you know, fill in whatever you missed, even something as straightforward as en Okay, the Gemara says Simon Zarus. Okay, I guess that the uh, Simon way to remember the next part would be this Zarus thing. Okay, Amr Yirmiya, Amr Belazer said Reb Yirmiya in the name of Reb Belazer. If you have two Tamidei Chacham who sharpen each other in 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 halacha, Hakadosh Baruch Matzliach Laim, the Eibushter is going to make sure that they will be successful in their learning. Shneimar, as the pasuk says. Vadarcha tzlach, right? Meaning this is the very next pasuk in um, in in Tilim, right? Meaning first it said chagor charbucha al yarech gibor holdcha vadarecha, right? And we said that that's talking about divrei Torah, um, and then it says vadarcha tzlach, and and um, and your splendor it will make successful. Vadarcha elavachadadcha. Don't say, it's talking about your splendor, say it's talking about l'chadeid, to sharpen. Two tamil chacham will sharpen each other when they're studying so they will have success. Oh, not only that, oh wow, that they're going to become very great. Shneemar, as the Pazak says, tzlach rechav. Okay, they're going to become great, they're going to get great honor and prestige as it says that they will have uh, success and they will be riding in like fancy chariots. Yachal afilu is it possible that even if they were learning Torah not for its own sake, just for the sake of learning Torah, maybe they were calling learning Torah just so they could be called a great Tamil Chacham? Tamiloma Advar Emes. It has to be truthful. It has to be sincere. Yachol im Hegez Daito. Is it possible? What, what, what if he got all haughty because he learned so much Torah? Tamilomer Va'anva Tzedek. That, uh, you have to have, um, um, you have to have, uh, humility. And if they do this, then they will merit the Torah that was given with the right hand. Uh, or uh, and the Pasuk concludes that um, 
and then you will have basically the, the drashes, then you will have the Torah that was given with the right hand. Rav Nachum Ba'itzchak Amar said Rav Nachum Ba'itzchak, Zochun Advarim Shinemu Bimina Shal Torah. Okay? That you will merit, right? If you learn Torah the Shema, you will merit to the things that were said on the right hand of the Torah. What, what, what are the things that are said about the right hand of Torah? The Amarava Barav Shila Va'amrila. Amrav Yosef Bacham Amrav Sheshes. My dechsev. What does the pasuk mean? Or echiyamim bimina bismola osha v'chavod. That there is lengthening of days in its right, and um, wealth and honor in its left. Ela bimina or echiyamim ika osha v'chavod leka. What does that mean? Meaning, it says to the right of Torah is going to be lengthening of days. To the left is wealth and honor. But to the right is only lengthening the days. You don't also get wealth and honor. It's like, you know, they're mutually exclusive. So, Ella, no, rather, to the people who sort of approach the Torah with the attitude of the right side, meaning they learn Torah lishma. So then they merit not only to lengthening of days, but also to wealth and honor. That sounds very nice. To those who learn Torah, not lishma, not for its own sake, maybe so they can be called a rabbi or something. So osher v'chavod ika orichiam leka. So they get um, wealth and honor. That sounds nice, but they don't get lengthening of days. All right, maybe. All right, what can you do? Can't get everything. Well, you can get everything. You can get everything. Just learn Torah lishma, and then you can get everything. Okay. Amr b'yirmiya, said b'yirmiya. In the name of Shem Oh, if you have two Tamid Chachamim who enjoy learning with each other, they're very pleasant in their learning. So the Eivishter listens to them. That then these Yiri Hashem will be Nidbiru. They will talk to each other. But ain't Dibor ela Nachas, and Dibor is Nachas. Uh, is um, to to be uh, like uh, humble or to rest and to be pleasant. Shneimar yad beramim tachtenu that that um, you know uh, it says until him yad beramim tachtenu he will lower um, nations before us. And I guess lowering yourself is like uh, re- you know let's say imagine like lowering yourself into like a couch or something to rest to enjoy. Okay. And what does it mean to the, that the pasuk continues? And those who consider his name. Even if a person had the very uh, nice thought, right? He had the thought, hey, I'm going to do this mitzvah. And something came up. I don't know what came up, but something came up. All of a sudden he couldn't do it. We treat it as if he did do the mitzvah. Just the fact that he had the thought to do the mitzvah, that is enough that we can treat it as though he actually did it. Amr bar idi. Anybody does a, a mitzvah properly? We do not give him any bad tidings. That somebody who guards a mitzvah, he will not know anything bad. Even if the Abishter makes a decree, this person who does mitzvahs properly can undo the decree. 
Shnemar, as the Pasuk says, right, the, right, right, uh, where, where are these Pesukim? This is in Kohelas. So this is Kohelas, Perikhes, Pasuk Dalit. So it says, Ba'ashed var melech shilton right? A king has, has ultimate power and authority. Who will tell him what to do? V'samachle, and what does it say immediately after that? Shomer mitzvah lo that anybody who guards a mitzvah won't know anything bad, meaning it's Kilu, it's saying, right, a king has absolute power, nobody can tell him what to do. And then immediately it says, it talks about people who do mitzvahs properly. Kilu alluding to the fact that people who do mitzvahs properly actually are able to sway the opinion of the, um, of the king. Amr bi Abba, Amr bshim ben Lakish, if you have two Torah scholars who listen to each other when they're studying, well then guess what? God listens to them. When they pray, God listens. Those people sitting in the gardens, the gardens of Torah, right? those people sitting in the Beis HaMedrash, and they're listening to each, other, to each other's voices, Hashmini. So then the Abishter says, let me hear. I want to hear what you have to say and I will answer it. What if they're not listening to each other? Maybe everyone, maybe each one's just trying to shout louder than the next one. Nobody's interested in hearing what anybody actually has to say. So then it causes the uh, divine presence to leave Israel. Shemar, as the Pasuk says, Brach Dodi The very next Pasuk in Shiashirim says, um, run away, my beloved. I love this. Two who like call each other over to study. And what this means is Rashi explains, you know, if you have a place, right? I almost think about, you know, kind of periods in Jewish history where there were certain places where like Judaism could not be practiced and it was banned and it was there wasn't really much access to to Jewish education and you would have these two people who like in in secrecy let's say would call each other you know get together and they would study they didn't know much they didn't necessarily know what they were learning but they were trying their best right right so 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 these two um uh, but it sounds to me like more like you know these aren't people who have like a teacher right how does Rashi explain it they gather each other, the Omrim, and they say, right? Come and we'll learn and we'll try to figure it out together. Since we don't have a teacher to teach us. Okay? So HaKadosh Baruch Hu Ohavan. The loves them. As the puzzle says, Vidiglo Alai Ahava. That his flag upon me will be love. And, and over here, um, Degel is, is a lesson of gathering together. That when they gather together to study Torah, it will be love. Amar Rava said, Rava, who diyade tsurasu deshmaita. Okay, Rava interestingly says, but they have to at least understand some kind of basics. Like they can't, um, be, what does Rashi say? Tsurasa shoresh adavar ktsas lam de miram. They have to have learned epis from a teacher at some point. But I don't, I don't know. So what? So like, and what if they didn't? Should they not? Does God not love that? Or maybe it's just very sad. I don't know. But okay, they have to have some basic level of education. Now, of course, that's only as long as they don't have a teacher that they can go to, right? It's talking about a situation where, where, where they have, they're on their own. This is very cool. I mean, it's very amazing and important. 
that it's better to give somebody a loan than to give them charity, right? If you have the option to say, here, here's some money, take it. Um, and you also have the option to say, hey, here's a loan, you know, here's some money to carry you over for the short term until you can get back on your feet and you kind of show that you have confidence that this person is going to be capable of paying you back, that is preferable than to simply give him money. But what's even better than giving him a loan? What's even better is to actually get him started with a business. Maybe give him some, some merchandise and say, hey, go sell it and we'll split the, we'll split the revenues, right? To go into business with this person, that would be even better. If you have a Tamur Chacham who is, yeah, vengeful and, and bears grudges, I assume it doesn't literally mean he like takes revenge or bears grudges because, I don't know, we just learned in the Parsha recently, don't take revenge and don't bear grudges. But uh, I guess it means if he's like very uh, uh, animated maybe. And like, like a snake. And um, uh, wrap him uh, on your loins, meaning uh, go after him because you're going to learn good stuff. Whereas if you have a an Amaaretz who doesn't know much, but he kind of portrays himself as as a chassid, do not live in his uh, neighborhood because um, you're not gonna you're not gonna learn too much from him. Amr of Kahana, Amr of Shimon ben Lakish, ve'amila, Amr of Asi, Amr of Shimon ben Lakish. Somebody said in the name of Ishlakish, anybody who raises a an evil dog in his house, so he prevents um, kindness, charity from his house. Shinemar the Fazuk says, that apparently in Greek, I actually looked, looked this up in Google Translate. It's not modern Greece, apparently, unless I looked up the wrong word, but I looked up dog. I feel like that could be acceptable. Anyways, I looked up dog and it wasn't lamas. Unless I don't, unless I read it wrong or something. But in any event, apparently in Greek, at some point in time, uh, a dog was a lamas. So it says lamas me eu chased. That basically if you have a dog, you're preventing kindness from your friend. What, how, how are you exactly you're preventing kindness from your friend? Meaning, if, let's say somebody comes over to your house to uh, ask for money and then they hear the dog barking and they run away, well then you're going to miss out on your opportunity to do tzedakah. Rav says that by having a dog, an evil dog in your house, you're even going to, um, you know, remove from yourself fear of heaven. That he will lose the fear of God. There was a woman who came to a somebody's house to use uh, their oven. I guess this woman didn't have her own oven. She went to this this fellow's house to use his oven. And then this person had a dog and the dog barked. And her uh, uh, fetus, she was pregnant, and her fetus somehow, uh, the, the baby like shifted, moved. And that was bad. Amrla Mari Devesa. Now the uh, owner of the house said to her, "No, lo sid chali. Don't don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. The dog the dog is okay. It doesn't bite. It doesn't bite. It's not dangerous. It's fine." The shkile nive. I took out its 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 teeth. 
that that that, that can hurt you. Ushkilin tufre and uh, you know any any of its uh, nails. I've removed any of its nails. Don't worry, this 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 dog cannot hurt you. Amrle, she said, Shkula tivusech v'shad yachizre. Take all of your goodness that you've done and throw it into the thorns. Kvarnod valad. The baby has already moved. So we see what happened over there because this guy had, uh, I guess at least, uh, I don't know, maybe an evil dog. Amr, Ravuna said Ravuna. Maidich said, what does the Pazak mean? Smach bachur bi'adusecha. V'yitivcha libcha b'meid m'churosecha. V'alich b'darche libcha u'v'marenecha. Vidaki al kol eli viacha el kimba mishpat. What does that mean? Smach bachu bi adusecha. That young young man enjoy your young years. Vitivcha libcha mebchurosecha, and your heart will give you good. You know, enjoy the goodness of your heart when you are young. Balech b'darche libecha, and just follow your heart, kid. Uchmai enecha, and and whatever you see. Vida and know kal kol eli viacha el kimba mishpat, and know that on all of these things. God is going to come after you in judgment. Funny kind of line, right? Do whatever you want. Enjoy yourself. Have fun. But you're going to get in big trouble. So Ravuna says, Ad kan mikan So Ravuna um, explains this seemingly like contradictory two parts of the Pasuk as saying, well, the first part where it's saying, go and have a good time is the Yetzirah talking. The second part, which is saying, by the way, you're going to be ta- held accountable for all these things. That is the Yetzer Tov speaking. Rishlakish Amar said, Rishlakish, The first part, when it says, go, enjoy, have a good time, that's talking about Divrei Torah. Right? You should be excited, intrigued, uh, you know, your eyes open um, when it comes to studying Torah. You should enjoy it. Uh, when it comes to Maisim Tovim, so then you're going to be held accountable, meaning if all you do is learn and you don't actually do, so then that is no good. As the Mishnah Pirkei says, um, that the um, learning is not the main thing, it's the doing. Okay. Biris Torah. We said that a garter is uh, pure, okay? Meaning it doesn't become tame. Amr Yehuda said of Yehuda, Biris Zoetzada. Okay, so Yehuda says that a biris is not actually a garter. A biris is a is a bracelet. Master of Yosef, of Yosef asakasha on his rabbi of Yehuda. Biris tehora v'yotzin ba The Mishnah says that a biris is 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 not makabel tumah. tehora, and you can go out with it on Shabbos v'lo etzada But a bracelet is tameya. So hachikama. This is what Rav. Uh, Yehuda was saying, "Biris tachas etzada umedes." Where is the biris? So a biris is a garter. Where is the garter? The garter is on a woman's thighs, uh, which are under uh, her, where her bracelet would be. Meaning, if her she's, if her arms are just kind of like at ease, so where the bracelet will be will basically uh, be on her, uh, by her thighs, which is where the garter is. Yosef Ravin Ravuna. Kamed of Yirmiya. So now Ravin and Rav Huna were sitting before Rav Yirmiya. V'yosef Rav Yirmiya v'kam menamnim. And Rav Yirmiya was dozing off. V'yosef Ravin v'kam And Ravin said the following. Biris ba'achas kvalim b'shtayim. So remember, our Mishnah said 
that at the end of our Mishnah, Biris Tahara, that a Biris is pure Vyotsim Babi Shabbos, and you can go out with it on Shabbos. Kvalim, however, are Tmeim. Vyotsim Babi Shabbos. Kvalim are Tmeim, you can't go out with them on Shabbos. So what's a Biris and what's a Kvalim? So, Ravin said that um, a Biris is basically a garter on one leg, whereas Kvalim is Bishtaim, whereas Kvalim is basically a garter on both legs. Amalei Rav Huna. So now Rav Huna said to Rabbi uh, uh, to Ravin, Elu ve'elu b'shtayim. No, 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 no. Both a biris and a kvalim are on both legs. Umatilin shalsheles b'nein v'naisu kvalim. What's the nafkamina between a biris and a kvalim? That they take a chain and they put it from one uh, uh, leg to the other leg and that's what makes it a kvalim. And we'll talk about in a minute why, why you might want to do that. Vishal shelis shebo mashavi leimana. But one second. Simply putting a chain from one, uh, leg to the other leg, from one garter to the other garter, makes it into a kli. And that's why all of a sudden it's makabal tuma. Vichitem. And if you're going to say, well, kreb shmo banachmani. If you're going to say, well, it's like of shmo banachmani. As we saw the other day. Dama shmo banachmani. Um, Rabbi Yochanan, as Rabbi Shmuel Ben-Achmani said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, when it came to the bell, when it came to the clapper in the bell, that when you put the clapper in the bell, it becomes a kli. So, How do we know that when you have a, uh, a, a vessel made out of metal and it makes noise that it's tame? Shinemar, or it's makabal tuma. Shinemar, as the Pasuk say, says, Right, any davar that will go in fire, Right, is, is able to be makabal tuma. And we said, afilu dibor b'mashma, even if it makes like a sound, right? Uh, and that's how we know that, uh, when you have the clapper on the bell, so it becomes tummy. So, bishlama hasam kabau la likala v'kavan maise. Over there by the bell, so you need the clapper for the, um, sound, but you're also doing a maise. You're doing an action. By adding that clapper, you're doing an action that is going to benefit human beings by making that sound for whatever purpose you need to make the sound, either for a little kid or for an animal that you should know where they are. But over here, what mice are you doing? What you're putting a chain between a, 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 you know garter straps on, on two legs, kilu? How does that service a person? That services the garters, right? That services clothing. But in order for something to be a kli, you'd have to do a maise that would benefit humans, not just benefit the clothing, right? As we learned by like the rings, right? We saw that ain't, what, I think we said what? Ain't tachshin lekli or something like that? I think that's what we said. Um, that, uh, you can't make, one second. Oh gosh, what was it? The ain't tachshin lekli, exactly, right? So if you have like a ring on a spatula or something, so it's not gonna, that ring isn't isn't like a kli in its own right. So also this chain isn't going to, right, it, it doesn't have any benefit for, for, for human use and therefore it's not going to make it into a kli to be, to, 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 to be tummy. Um, so the Gemara answers, actually the chain here is coming to service a human being. How? Hachanami kavad maise. There was a family in Jerusalem, that they would take very large steps, okay? And interestingly, because they took such large steps, somehow that would um, tear the hymen of, 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 of these virgin daughters. 
um, and they didn't want that to happen. So asulayin kvalim v'tilu shalshelas benen. So they took um, chains and they attached them to the uh, garter straps on their uh, uh, thighs. So that so that they wouldn't be able to take such large steps because they wouldn't uh, take such large steps. So we didn't have. To, so then that basically solved the issue of their hymens being torn by their large steps. Um. Okay. So zel. So so we see that the chain here is actually coming to benefit, you know, for human benefit. And therefore, um, that's why all of a sudden it will be Makabal Tuma. Now, and guess what? Isai Behu Rabbi Yirmiya. And that, I guess, interesting discussion uh, woke up Rabbi Yirmiya. Amr uh, he said, Yasher, and he said, yep, that, that's exactly correct. That is what Rabbi Yochanan said, that um, adding this chain to these uh, garters will make it a Koveles and it will become a Kli to be Makabal Tuma. of Dimi, when Rav Dimi came from Eretz Yisrael to Bavel, he said the name of Rav Yochanan. Minayin la'arig koshu shuutame. How how do we know that if you have a, a fabric that is even the size of a koshu, it's even a, a tiny fabric, that it is able to be mikabel tuma? So mitzitz, we learn it out from the tzitz, from the from the plate that the kohen gadol would wear on his forehead. So Amale Abai, so Abai said to Ravdimi, Vitsits Arighu? I don't understand that. Well, how are you learning out a piece of fabric from the tzitz that was made out of gold? Gold. The tzitz wasn't made out of fabric. Vatanya, we learned in Abai said, Tzitz, Kimintas Shalzov, the tzitz that the coin gold would wear on his forehead was made out of a sheet of gold. Virochav Shteetzbaos, its width was two finger breadths. Umukaf meozen laozen, and we'll go from one ear to the next. V'chasuv olav be'shitin yud he lemala v'kodesh lamid lemata, right? And and on two separate lines on this uh, golden uh, plate, it said on the top line yud k vav k, and on the bottom line it said kodesh lamid. Kilo said kodesh laHashem on two lines, but you wanted the yud k vav k to be above the kodesh lamid, okay? Isn't that crazy? says, I actually saw the tzitz in Rome. And what did it say on it? No, it just said Kodesh Hashem on one line. But the fact of the matter is that it was made out of gold. So how can you learn out that... Um, that um, da, 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 that a fabric that's just a, 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 a tiny size, the size of a kol shoe, is going to be makabotuma from the tzitz. So ki slik ki salik revdimi Interesting. When revdimi went up to narda, why would it say when it usually salik means to go up? So usually, um, I think, or maybe not. Maybe she means to go out. Anyways, when revdimi went to narda, which is where Shmuel was. Shalachlu, he sent them. Devarim shamaytu lechem tausim biyadi. Oh, so he says that which I said earlier that we learn out fabrics from the tits that that was a mistake because the tits is not made out of fabric. Bram kach amu mishum Rabbi Yochanan. This is what they said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. Minayin letachshid kol shu shuutame. How do I know that an adornment, that jewelry, even if it's the size of a kol shu, that it's tame mitzitz from the fact 
right, right from the tzitz. And Rashi says, mitzitz, that it's very small and yet uh, it's counted with all the rest of the uh, clothing of, of the Kohen. Okay, so we see that therefore any adornment, um, you know, that's small, that's a kol shoe, is going to be able to mimkabotuma. How do we know that any piece of fabric, even if it's just a tiny size, is able to be makabutuma from o baget? It says by 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 shratzim, if a sheretz falls on something, so it says o baget. So a baget is a fabric, is is a piece of clothing, but it says o baget. O is to include more, right? So even if it's just a kol shu. Taner abanan the rabbis taught arig kol shu tame. Okay, if you have a Fabric, a woven fabric that's even the size of a kolshu, it's tame. Vitachid kolshu, tame. And an adornment that is even the size of a kolshu is going to be tame. Orig vitachid kolshu, tame. If you have something that is like half woven fabric and half jewelry of sorts, um, and they are nonetheless together the size of a kolshu, it will be tame. Musa, mos, musaf sak ala beged, um, Okay, and we say that if you were to take a beged and then add onto it some sackcloth, it would be um, tame because of the uh, woven uh, fabric. And I think the Gemara is going to explain what that means. Rava said, Rava tame So how do we know that a fabric that is even just a kolshu um, is going to be tame? So from o beged, the o comes to include even a kolshu. Tachshid kolshu tame mitzitz. How do we know that a uh, adornment that's even the size of a kol shu. How do we know that it's tame? So that we know that from uh, that it's able to tame. We know from the tzitz. Arig vitachshid kol shu. If it's half woven fabric and half, uh, uh, you know, adornment, how do we know that it's tame mekabotum even a kol shu? Um, so mikol kli maise from the pasuk that says um, by midyon by by um, tumas hames it says kol kli maise any. Um, Kli maise, any 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 kli that that you can do something with. So kol is coming to include uh, even a kol shoe. But a certain rabbi said to Rava, But that's in the context of midyon. That is by uh, tumas ames. Tumas ames is more chamer than tumas sheretz. So just because tumas ames, you can include uh, some you know something that is uh, even less. Just a kol shu, but that doesn't mean that we necessarily say that by uh, sheretz, which is not as chamer. So ela gomer kli kli mehasam. So we learn kli kli from there. Meaning it says kli by sheretz, and it also says kli by tumasames by midjan. Therefore, just like by midjan, it's uh, even a uh, kol shu. So also by um, um, by sheretz, even this thing that is part uh, woven material. And part uh, adornment, uh, it would be uh, tame with a kolshu. Okay, that was daf samach gemol masech the Shabbos. Uh, it's a little bit hard to like do a proper recap just because there were so many random things on this page with all those agadotas. But at the beginning, we had those two perspectives towards Yimosa um, Mashiach, which is which was interesting and also kind of just like good general knowledge kind of thing. That Shmuel says that the only difference between Olamazeh and Yimosa Mashiach is that. Um, Shibud Malchios is sort of political implications. Whereas, um, Rabbi Abba said that no, all of these awesome prophecies from all the prophets, right? Of all the, these peace that's going to happen, that's during the days of Mashiach. 
Then we got into all of these different agaratas that had to do a lot of them with like, you know, two people studying together and the greatness that can come from that. Uh, then at the end, we got sort of into these, uh, back into like things that you can go out with on Shabbos, right? This uh, Beerus versus uh, uh, Koveles. And then, yeah, then we got into some Tuma and Tara there at the end with these uh, minimum sizes for, you know, Beged is Mitami Bikolshu and Tachshitina Mitami Bikolshu. Um, cool. Well, that was Daf Samach Gimel. And I look forward to learning Daf Samach Dalad with you. Cheers.